and the 8th verse. 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and the 8th verse. Oh, the presence of the Lord is here. Let me tell you, I just so enjoyed that worship service. It was uh, very, very, very anointed of God. Amen. Does anybody know what, it, what it, when I say anointed of God, it just means it's the presence of God upon it. Amen. And uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. The Spirit of God, through the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says, And God is able. Now, how many of you know He is able? Yeah, He is able. Now, in this verse here, what is He able to do? He is able to make all grace abound toward you. Now, that's good news. All grace abound toward you. All grace abound toward you. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Now just say this after me. Say, God is able. God is able to make all grace abound toward me. Now notice he says all grace there. And we're going to see that there's three different kinds of grace mentioned in, in Scripture. So I'm titling this message today, Grace, Grace, Grace. Why Grace, Grace, Grace? Because there's three different kinds of grace, and God is able to make all of these kinds of grace abound toward you. Not just come to you in a little measure, but to abound toward you. And that's good news. And so, first of all, let's talk about saving grace. Saving grace. Notice Ephesians 2 and 8. Ephesians 2 and 8. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Saving grace. Saving grace. Ephesians 2 and 8. Notice Ephesians 2 and 8. Saving grace. For by grace... You have been what? You have been what? You've been saved through faith. Now you need to realize that faith is what gives you uh, or, or the access is the way to say it. Faith is, is what gives you the access into all three kinds of grace. Faith is what gives you the access into all three kinds of these graces that we're going to talk about here today. Notice, by grace you've been saved through faith. Now, when I say through faith, sometimes, folks, that's a little blind to them. It just means through trusting God. Through trusting God with all of your heart. So, for by grace you've been saved through faith. So, God is able to make saving grace abound to you, but you have to trust Him for it. You have to believe Him for it. So, notice, for by grace you've been saved through faith. Notice, not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works. There's nothing you can do in and of yourself to earn His saving grace. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. See, if you could, if you could do something of your own self to earn His saving grace, then you could boast before God. But there's nothing you or I can do to, to earn His saving grace. It's, it's uh, you see... What this saving grace is, is it's God's undeserved and unearned favor. Or his unmerited favor, his unearned or undeserved favor, which he provided us through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
saving us from an eternal hell and giving us eternal life. Can you say amen to that? And so you can't access this saving grace through your works, because if you could, then you could boast before God. You can't access it through works. You access it through faith, by believing God, by trusting God. And then notice in verse 10 here, it says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. You see, good works does not save you, but once you get saved, then you're empowered by God to do good works. Do you understand that? You see, good works are not the root of your salvation. Good works are the fruit of your salvation. And if somebody's really saved, there will be good works in their life. But those good works don't save you. The Bible just said that in verse 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now notice, again here, I want you to get this, how many kinds of grace are there? Three. How do you access each kind? You access each kind by what? By, by faith. Can you work your way into saving grace? No. It's by trusting God. And then once you've trusted God, you've repented of your sins, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you access saving grace and you become a Christian. You become born again. You're going to miss hell. You're going to make heaven. You have eternal life within you. And then the Bible says in verse 10 that at that point, you become God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, once we've experienced saving grace, now we're going to need the next kind of grace. We're going to need to access this next kind of grace because we've got something to walk in. What do we have to walk in? We have to walk in good works. God will empower us or enable us to do good works. And that's where this next kind of grace comes in. It's called serving grace. Real loud say serving grace. Yeah, serving grace. We're all supposed to be serving God. And you see, once we've experienced saving grace, now it's time for serving grace. Now what is serving grace? Serving grace is God's ability upon believers to serve in a particular capacity. That's what serving grace is, is it's God's ability upon believers to serve in a particular capacity. You see, saving grace has to do with, of course, salvation and God's saving power. But now serving grace has to do with God's ability upon believers to serve. See, serving grace, God's ability. Realize, say, God's ability. It's God's ability upon believers to serve in a particular capacity. See, the good works we're supposed to walk in, God will empower us or give us his ability to serve in any particular capacity. Now, notice 1 Corinthians 15.10. Notice 1 Corinthians 15, 10, if you would. 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. The Apostle Paul talks about this serving grace. 
Notice what he says, 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored. Now notice in the first part of this, he says, for by the grace of God, I am what I am. See, there he's talking about saving grace. You realize the Apostle Paul at one time was Saul, wasn't he? And he was not a very good, good guy. You wouldn't have liked him very much. He wouldn't have liked you very much. But you see, he ran into the saving grace of Jesus. Remember on the road to Damascus? Remember when that light shined around him and he was knocked to the ground? And he called Jesus Lord and he got saved. Remember that? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Is that right? And you see, he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And so, you see, that's talking about saving grace. But then he goes on to talk about serving grace. And he says, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored. I labored. See, now it's time for him to start walking in some good works. Do the good works save you? No but we're empowered to do them as Christians. And then he says, I labored, see there's that serving grace, I labored more abundantly than they all. Talking about the other disciples and apostles. And then he says, I, I labored, notice, I labored more abundantly than they all. And then he says something interesting, he says, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. See, it was the grace of God, it was the serving grace of God, it was God's ability on him that allowed him to labor abundantly and go out and do good works. You see, this labor he's talking about here is service to God, and he was graced by God, or, or given the ability by God to do what he did. Now, there's no doubt that God graces us, or gives us, ability to serve in the areas to which we have been called. And I think that's clear. If God calls you to do a certain thing, that he'll give you his ability to do it. But you also need to know that when there is a need in a certain area and no one with the ability is available to do that certain thing, you need to realize that God can put his serving grace or his serving ability upon anyone at any time to serve in areas where they have no real ability or talent. You need to realize that. See, and that's when it really takes faith is when something needs to be done and there's no one else around really that, that is, is available. You can step up, but it takes faith. Now, this really takes faith to step up to the plate, so to speak, and let God's serving grace come upon you and enable you to do what needs to be done. And that really takes faith. I, I think the best example, and I've seen a lot of good examples over the years, but I think the best example of this I've ever seen was with my wife, Diane, and she didn't ask me to say this. She doesn't even know I'm going to say this. But uh, I expect to get a real good lunch for saying it. Uh, but you see here at the ministry, back years ago, we needed somebody who could work the computer real well. And 
my wife, I remember the first time she sat down at the computer to move the mouse, it was absolutely embarrassing. She couldn't move the mouse and get the pointer to move. I mean, it was embarrassing. I mean, I, it was just me and her in the room, and I almost had to walk out of the room. And I worked with her for about a half an hour, and I got so frustrated because I couldn't even get her to move the mouse in conjunction with the pointer. And I thought, what am I going to do here? And she can't even move a mouse. And I need somebody to be able to move the mouse. How many knows what the mouse is? And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? She's just horrible. But I needed, I needed somebody to do that. Now, a lot of people would have said, well, you know, computer's just not my thing, and walked away. But you know what? She didn't do that. She stayed in there, and it took a little while. It took some time. But I tell you what, she got to not only can she move the mouse, but she is one of the best people that I have ever seen on working with a computer. And now I'm embarrassed to go in the room, not because... She's not any good at it. I'm embarrassed to go in when she's working with the computer because she is so much better than I am now. She can move that mouse just with laser-like precision, and she can do all kinds of graphic work and all kinds of, of stuff on the Internet. It's unbelievable all of the good stuff that she can do. But you see, what was that? She didn't have any ability... Sure, she practiced in the natural, but I saw God's ability set down on her and rest on her to make her very good at working the computer. Amen? And then another place I saw this is that there was a day several years ago that the children's church, now some of it had, some of the murals over there had been done, but probably two-thirds of it or more just was just kind of bland. And, and we really, we, we wanted the rest of the children's church to match the murals and things that had already been done. And at that time, there was just no one with that ability, and we needed it done. Now, my wife is, is uh, she's just that, she'll tell you, that's not her thing. That's, that's not her thing to go in there and paint murals and what, whatnot. But there again, see, it takes faith. Say it takes faith. It takes faith. You see, that's how you access all these types of graces is through faith, trusting God, stepping up to the plate. And she stepped up to the plate. She got the, all the materials together. And I watched, I watched the serving grace of God come on her. And she went over there and she painted. And, and I tell you what, you ought to go over there and look at it sometime. It's just absolutely beautiful what she did for the kids of, of Summit Church. And, uh, and so why do I call attention to her? Just simply because... Uh, it was a good example of watching the serving grace of God, his ability, come upon someone that really didn't have much ability, but yet they, by faith, stood up, stepped up to the plate. That grace came on her, and she got the job done. Amen. Uh, the Bible talks about a man named Epaphroditus. We mentioned him last Sunday, but he fits in here again real well. Notice Philippians 2.30. Philippians 2.30. Epaphroditus, he was one of Paul's uh, helpers. And uh, it's interesting here, as you study his life and what Paul says about him, that he almost died, actually, he literally, he almost died because Christians wouldn't or couldn't, however you want to argue it, wouldn't or couldn't yield, or my, the way I read it, wouldn't. You know there's a lot of people who, 
could step up to the plate, they just won't. You understand? And, and that's unfortunate. But Epaphroditus was in a situation where other Christians just wouldn't yield to the serving grace of God, so he stepped up to the plate. And notice Philippians 2.30, Paul says, Because for the work of Christ, he, Epaphroditus, came close to death, not regarding his life, to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. And so, you see, evidently there was a bunch of people that wouldn't step up to the plate and put themselves in a position to yield to God's serving grace, so Epaphroditus had to do it. Thank God that his, uh, his serving grace came upon him. He got the job done. It almost cost him his life. You know, we shouldn't let anybody have to come that close to death. Is that right? We all ought to seek God, find out what it is He wants us to do, and then step up to the plate and let the serving grace of God come upon us and, 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 and get the job done, whatever that may be. Amen. I've also heard people over the years say this, Pastor, God's grace is just lifting from me. And certainly, you know, there's, there's a truth in that. Sometimes when a work is completed, God's serving grace may lift up off of you, you know, in a certain area. Certainly there's a truth in that. But just I want to caution you this morning not to use that as a cop-out. Don't use that as a cop-out. You know, I'm glad the Apostle Paul didn't say after he was drug outside of that one city and they stoned him to death, point of death. I'm so glad he didn't say you know what, I just think the grace of God's lifting up off me. It's time to go do something else. If there was ever a time to think that or say that, that might have been it. But you know what, he didn't get up from the ground and say, you know what, I just think the grace of God's lifting up off me. I need to go do something else. You know what he did? By faith, he went right back into the city and he began to continue on and, and continued on with the plan of God for his life. Amen? How many of you are glad that he did? How many of you are glad that, that he didn't get up off the ground and say, you know what, uh, the grace of God just it must be lifting here. I need to go do something else. I just need to go make tents full time. How many of you are glad he didn't do that? How many of you are glad he got up after being beat up and he just stood up in that serving grace and he went right on with the plan of God? Amen. Yes, the grace of God can lift off of somebody at a certain time. I'm talking about the serving grace of God. And God sometimes will bring somebody else along to step in and, and take over for you. But, but God is not as quick to lift that serving grace as one might think. So we need to understand that. And let us just realize that it's by the grace of God that we are what we are, Christians. And it's by the grace of God that we're able to serve in any capacity. Can, can, can you say amen? So... Seek God. See if there's an area that he, that, that he wants you to serve in. Something he wants you to do, whether it's inside the church or maybe in the community or whatever. Something needs to be done. Looks like it's not getting done. Looks like nobody else is yielding to his serving grace. Step up to the plate. Do it by faith. And watch the serving grace of God come upon you in a mighty way. Amen. But let me tell you something else. When you begin to serve God and you begin to get things done for Him, 
Notice when I said you begin to get things done for him, you need to realize this, that it's going to upset the devil. I said it's going to upset the devil. And, 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 and also, it'll, it'll upset people that, I'm talking even Christians, that will yield themselves to the devil. Could a Christian yield themselves to the devil? Have you ever heard a Christian gossip? Well, there's a perfect example of a Christian yielding himself or herself to the devil. And when you stand up in God's serving grace, the devil, people, and sinners in the community, people are going to get riled up. Usually, though, it's not so much the sinners in the community as it is religious folk that get stirred up, they get angry. And so when the devil and his cohorts and even people that are yielding to him start coming against you as you're serving him with that serving grace, you're going to need this third kind of grace. Real loud, say standing grace. Standing grace. You're going to have to be able to stand. Now what is standing grace? It's God's strength. See, serving grace is God's ability. Standing grace is God's strength. Standing grace is what you're going to need as you serve God and the devil comes against you. You're going to need God's standing grace to be able to withstand and continue on. Standing grace is God's strength that enables us to stand victorious both in life and against the schemes of the devil. Notice Romans 5 verse 2. Notice Romans chapter 5 and verse 2. Notice this, Romans 5 and 2. Notice this, talking about standing grace. Romans 5 and 2, through whom also we have access by faith. See, how do you access grace, grace, grace? You access grace, grace, grace by what? Faith, faith, faith. Is that right? Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we what? In which we what? Stand. See, standing grace. Standing grace. God's strength that enables us to stand victorious both in life and against the schemes of the devil. Now, the best example I know in Scripture of this, there's good, several good examples, but one of the best I know is in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Notice, the Apostle Paul here is going to tell us how standing grace operated in his life. Notice this, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. He says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. Now, you know he was getting a lot of revelations from God, wasn't he? God used him to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. And he says, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. See, he was operating in that serving grace, and, and God was using him to write the two-thirds of the New Testament. And so, notice what happens here. A thorn in the flesh... We could say it this way, a pain in the neck was given to me a messenger of who? Satan to buffet me. To buffet me or to stop me or to hinder me. 
See, he was operating in God's serving grace, and he was really getting something done for the Lord Jesus, and now here comes the devil to hinder him, to buffet him, to stop him. A thorn in the flesh was given to him. Now, a lot of people think that that was sickness or disease. That was not sickness or disease. God didn't allow the devil to put sickness or disease on the Apostle Paul. That's not it. Do you want me to tell you what the thorn in the flesh was? It was people who were yielding. I'm talking religious people who were yielding to the devil and persecuting Paul. You need to study his life. Just about everywhere he went, the devil would go in and he'd cause people that would yield to him to go in and stir up people against Paul and undermine his teaching and, and, and uh, in some cases would cause him, uh, people beat him up, drag him out the side of the town like we said a while ago. And, and Paul was persecuted and persecuted and persecuted and persecuted and persecuted. And persecuted. What was this persecution? It was people, mainly religious people, who were yielding themselves to the devil and persecuting Paul because of the doctrine of grace that he was preaching, you see. And he said, here again, he said, because of the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Then he says in verse 8, Concerning these things I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, God said to me, My what? My grace is sufficient for you for what? My strength is made perfect in weakness. Glory to God. That's a verse to really, I mean, all the verses are we should get excited about, but that's really one we ought to really get excited about. Say, say this, my grace is sufficient for me. Say, I, I meant to say this way, my grace is sufficient for you. Now let me say it the way I meant to say it. Say, God's grace is sufficient for me. Say it again, God's grace, God's standing grace is sufficient for me. Now there, I got it right. Amen? You still love me when I blunder? Okay. One more time, say, God's grace, His standing grace, is sufficient for me. And it is. See, right here where He says, I sought the Lord three times, pleaded with Him three times, it might depart from me. And a lot of people come back and say, well, God told Paul no three times. No, he didn't tell him no three times. Absolutely not. He was trying to get Paul to see that his grace is sufficient. You see, God, because of the will of man, you know God has given man free will here upon the earth. You understand that? And so God, by the way he set things up, was limited as to what he could do about people yielding to the devil. See, if it was just dealing with the devil directly, that would be easy enough. But when people's wills get involved, it's a whole other issue. And when people make a decision 
to, whether consciously or unconsciously, to yield themselves to the devil, it's a much harder thing to deal with. Did you get what I just said? I said, did you get what I just said? Because people have a will in this earth and God won't violate the will of a man or a woman. You understand that? And so when, when a man or a woman consciously or subconsciously uh, uh, yields themselves to the devil and they're coming against Paul and they're, they're persecuting, it's, you know, it's not a matter of God coming in to stop the persecution. It's a matter of God coming in and letting his, his standing grace sit down on Paul that Paul's able to stand up against it and walk through it victoriously, you see. Did you get that? He said, my grace, my standing grace is sufficient for you for my strength. See, he's talking about his strength, God's strength. That standing grace is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. That's talking about weaknesses, not sickness or disease. He said, I'll, I'll boast in my weaknesses that the what? The power of Christ. That power of Christ is God's standing grace, that the power of Christ might rest upon me. But there again, see, it takes faith. It takes faith. When the devil's coming against you on every side, it's real easy to lay down and give up and quit. How many is realize that besides me? But that's not the time to lay down and give up and quit. That's the time to, by faith, stand up and let the standing grace of God sit down on you. Amen? And you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Not sickness here now, but he's talking about when he's weak, when the devil's beat him down. How many of the devil's ever beat you down besides me? Anybody? But we don't have to stay down. We get up and continue to serve and we continue to stand under the grace of God. Therefore, I take pleasure in weaknesses, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. How can a man say, when I'm weak, I'm strong? Well, he says it by faith. Is that right? And then we access through faith, we access the standing grace of God. And when I'm weak, bless God, then by faith I stand up, His grace comes on me, and then I'm strong. Can you say amen? Boy, that's exciting to me. That just excites me. That just excites me to no end. Praise God. So how many kinds of grace are there? How do we access each kind? By faith. What's the first kind of grace? Saving. And then once you get saved, then what do you need? You need serving. And then once you start serving, God, the devil come against you, so you need what? Standing. Praise God. Amen? Well, where do I go to get this grace? Well, I think the best place to go is the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.16, look at that. Did you know God's throne is also known as the throne of grace? Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the what? Throne of grace that we, admit, that we may obtain mercy and find what? And find grace to help in time of need. So see, if you're here today and you've never repented of your sins and asked Jesus into your heart, you've never done that, you need to do that today. 
You need to experience God's saving grace where he imparts eternal life to you. And yes, you'll miss hell one day. You'll make heaven. But you'll experience God's saving grace and the power of God through salvation comes into you and makes you a new person in Christ. See, Before you leave here today, if you've never experienced this, you need to. You need to. Amen. Maybe, maybe you walked closely with Jesus at one time, but you've kind of been lackadaisical and kind of gotten away from this saving grace and you'd like to get back into it full bore, you can do that here today before you leave. Maybe you're here today and salvation isn't the issue, but there's a need, whether it's in the church or in your life or somewhere, that needs to be done for the glory of God and looks like nobody else is doing it. Well, it's time for you to step up to the plate, bless God. And walk in good works and let the serving grace of God come upon you and begin to serve in those areas. Amen. But be assured of one thing, when you start serving God and bringing glory to Him, who's going to come against you? The devil, the enemy. And that's when you're going to need what? You're going to need God's grace, His standing grace, His strength. Can you say amen? And so where can we find all three types of these graces? At the throne of grace. Let's stand in the presence of Almighty God. How do we access all three of these graces? Through faith, through trusting Him. So right where you are, right where you stand, by faith.